Hey, hey. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Welcome to Making Changes You Love to Live With podcast. I'm Kirsten Galfan, your host. I started my company, Fitness Inspired, in 2008. I have my master's degree in exercise science. And yeah, I started my company with the mission and the vision of making changes you love to live with. And I'm so excited to continue doing that every single day. And I'm going to be here weekly with your dose of inspiration, applications, strategies, and tips to make changes you love to live with. Hey, hey, Sue, how's it going? It's going great. Kirsten, how's it going with you? Doing awesome. I'm so excited and honored to talk to you on my podcast because you are near and dear to my heart, of course. And <laughs> we go way Ethan's, back. Yeah, we go way back. And Ethan's uh, heart as well. Uh, Sue is an amazing person and coach and leader. And I've always looked up to you, you know, when you were a fitness inspirer. I just started my business. I was always looking to you as like the way you lead. And Ethan, um, my husband, he worked for you as the director of operations at Central Michigan. He worked so, with me. He worked, he worked with me. With you. And guess correct. what? This is one of the reasons exactly that correction right there is one of the many reasons why I was like, this will be so helpful for people to hear from you on so many things, but, you know, having your team and like uplifting your team around you just matters so much. And you do that so well. So thank you for being here. I'm excited to get right into it. But um, one of the reasons why I thought to have you is you were just elected into the CMU Athletics Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Yay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It wasn't yes. just me, though. If I could bring everybody that, you know, help me, trust me. It, you know, Kirsten, you, you, you've been with me since the very beginning, even before E. Um, mm -hmm. So I think I would always do um, a function before the season even started and it was called It Takes a Village. And what I would do, I would get everybody that would impact our program at the very beginning of the year. So, you know, it would be my executive secretary, my strength and conditioning coach, um, academic advisor, equipment manager, uh, my um, direct supervisor, um, anybody, uh, uh, people that, you know, helped raise money for our program. I would take them all to a local watering hole here in Mount Pleasant. Mm -hmm. And um, we would have um, like some heavy hors d'oeuvres and drinks. And I would thank them for everything that they were going to do for our program. Because, you know, and I've always said this, it was never the Sue Guevara show. Mm -hmm. It was always the program. Like nobody was bigger. Nobody is bigger than the program. And I just wanted everyone to know how much I appreciated the role whatever that role was in helping us become successful. So that's, you know, that's what I would do at the beginning of the season. And then at the end of the season, we'd go to another little watering <laughs> hole 
Was and, it the uh, same one? Important question. Was it the same one or a different one? A different one because different you always one. wanted to support all the different watering holes in Mount Pleasant. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So support the community that you're in and you are such a, well, they oh support you. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So you, it, you know, as well as I do, it's, yeah. it's a give and take. Yeah. It, it's absolutely. a give and take. So, but we, so post-season yep. we would do something. And again, I, it was a big thank you for everything it, that they did. And, you know, every year I would give like a little, uh, you know, prize, whether it was, you know, how much people like gear. Oh, oh my yeah. God, people, you know, they love, <laughs> they love t-shirts. They love hats. Yeah. Uh, and when we start winning championships, I would get these eight by 10 plaques and I made sure each of them got a plaque so that they could put it in their office, you know, so they knew that they were a major player in our program. That is so good. And when you, they had the little celebration for you or something like that. And I got to kind of see Ethan was a part of it uh, for the being elected into the Seaman Athletics Hall of Fame. And that is, was just so apparent. You were giving constant shout outs and you were handing over the mic and saying like, what about you? What about you? Like, Like to the assistant coaches, to the players, everybody, you were asking them their feedback and you were leading with gratitude, like you said. That's really cool that you had that strategy to not even strategy. What am I saying? Strategy? Like it was in your heart. Like it's a part of you and that's what made you so great. Well, I think Kirsten, you know, the, the one thing is, I mean, it's great. Absolutely. It's gratitude, but I think, you know, the way that, um, I grew up, uh, and how my whole philosophy and everything was, evolved or and evolving it's you know i was a part of programs prior to coming to central and i was empowered as an assistant and you know and that's something that is really very important that you know that people know that their their voices matter even if it's you know it's your equipment guy yeah you know um you know because and and i learned as a leader, as the head of a program to stay in my lane. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, you know, and I knew I had to control the whole highway. I mean, I got that, but yeah. you know, it's like, you know, John was our, our, our equipment manager. And, you know, when I would go to, into him about, you know, John, what do you think about, um, what do you think about how this uniform looks? You know, how do you think our players will like it? And he goes, well, coach, you know, this is what the major trend is right now. He goes, and I really think your players would, you know, would like this. And it's like, you know, and of course, you know, you know, I'm in my early sixties, you know, (laughs) trying to dress, you know, have uniforms for 18 to 22 year olds. And it's like, you know, I'm uh, obviously it's different. So, you know, I took what he would say and it's like, you know, John, you probably have a pretty good point. So then I would go with what he was saying and then go to my captain's and say, all right, you guys, what do you think about this? As opposed to this one over here. Oh, coach, we really like this right here. And it's like, of course you do, you know, <laughs> but, but, but just to know, just to give them some input, Yeah. you know? And, and oh. I think that's one of the first things, like when my first year at, at Central with E, um, you know, 
you know, I'm a new coach going into that program. I don't know the red tape. I don't know the ins and outs at Central. So it's like I said, you know, on that call that you were on, Ethan was my most important hire because yeah. he knew the university. He knew how things went. I didn't know him from the man in the moon. Right. But I knew that I, I needed to depend on him to help navigate the waters at Central and how to get things done. And, and, and I think, you know, and I, and I valued what he had to say because, you know, he knew, he knew what I didn't know. And I, I was good at not knowing what I knew and, and who I needed to get to know it. So, yeah. you know, our, our relationship evolved and his opinion mattered to me and he knew the team before I got there. So that mattered. Right. You know, so I think, you know, it's, it's really important. And I, and I say this, especially to first year head coaches, understand it's okay not to know everything. It's right. okay not to know. Uh, and you are going to make mistakes, you know, so, but, but surround yourself with people that know more than you do about certain things. Right. And, and, and listen to them. And then you, right. and then you get to make the final decision as to what you want to have done, how you th want things done. Right. So Ethan talks about this a lot and I saw this in you as well as you're so good at appreciating and empowering and elevating people to, you know, to, like you said, to do what they're an expert at. And then you were, had the final call, of course, but how did that just come naturally? Or you said you saw it a little bit, or how did you really cultivate that in you? Or were there ever times where it came up that you were like, oh my goodness, this is not a good way of handling it because I'm trying to do too many things. And I, I have these people that are so awesome alongside of me. I, I think as a, I was, in a, I was a, a long time assistant at Michigan State with, with Karen Langland. Okay. And um, she, a uh, big teacher of the fundamentals. And she and I, I mean, she really would ask your opinion on game strategy, different drills. How would you do this? How would you do that? Um, and, and our approach to the game was really very different. We're, we're very different personalities. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a little bit of an outgoing, I'm, I'm, I, I just, I get after it. I have a lot of energy and she's a yeah. little bit more laid back. So, you know, m she let me motivate oh, yeah. cool. the kids, you know, our players yeah. without, you know, and, but still, you know, understanding what my role was and, you know, and, and she, she was different, you know, but she let me be me. Yeah. And not a lot of head coaches will do that. You know, um, way, way back before you were born, probably when I was a grad assistant at Ohio State, um, Tara Vanderveer, she was self-learned. She taught herself the game, going to a lot of practices that Bobby Knight was at when he was at Ohio State. Um, okay. At Indiana, I'm sorry, when he was at Indiana. Okay. But you know, so she, she understood what she didn't know. So she taught herself and she went out and, and learned from other people's. And so when, when I would bring people around me again, it took me a minute to really understand you don't have to know everything because sometimes as a head coach, you do, you forget to delegate and you want to do everything all the, all you want, you want to do everything. And you know yeah. what? You can't, because you know what, Kirsten, 
in a program like women's basketball, the most important part of your program are your players. Yeah. So, you know, getting to know. They got to act out the vision, right? They got to act out the vision. Well, they have to know the vision. They, you know, I have to, I have to be able to communicate that vision and and help them understand it and, and make them a part of it. But I think that's one thing in we're now we're going all over the place. Now I'm at my, <laughs> pinball, my pinball brain is working, but you know, when you're recruiting, you have a vision in your head of the, how you want the game to be played. So you go out and you recruit players that are like that. So for us to go out and get someone that's six foot four and uh, six, six, two, let's be realistic. Six, two, <laughs> two, 225 that's not going to quite fit the system because that player isn't going to run, 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 you know, and we, our, our team ran, you know, now if I could have a six footer at one sixty five that went up and down the court, I was okay with that, you know? Um, So, but, but again, you know, it's the vision that you have. And then for us recruiting the players that fit that style uh, and then understanding the importance of, everything else that went with being a part of our program besides just playing basketball. And that's, you know, being a student um, mm-hmm. and being a, a community member and being a member of the university um, and understanding what they represented when they put that Chippewa uniform on. Yeah. So it was, uh, it's, you know, I wish I, I wish there was one big magic word to use you know, but I just think I, and I don't want to, I really believed I was a servant leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and my job was to serve, help our players be the best that they could be, you know, and I know that's cliche-ish, but, no. you know, to, to be, our, our, our mission was to graduate confident, yeah. uh, a, a passionate, aggressive, women that were going to make a mark in their community. The goal was to win championships, but that wasn't the mission. Right. So to me, the most important thing was the mission and how do we accomplish that? The, the, right. the championships just, they came, they just came with it. They came. They Did came. they ever. It <laughs> like, was fun. Here's the thing. It does not matter. I mean, in my opinion, like as far as you said, that's cliche or whatever, but people can feel your energy and enthusiasm. And when it comes out of your mouth, we know you mean it. And that's well, the difference, right? Well, Pearson, I'm going to tell you something. I, I say to you what I will say to players and what I would always say to parents and recruits. Um, you know, what you see is what you get. I, <laughs> I, I, my emotions are, they're on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. I, they are. And, you know, you're going to know when I'm really happy and you're going to know what you need to do to make me happy. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and so it's like, I, I don't like to, I never did like to play games. You know, I, I have a filter. I do have a filter. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Mo- most of the time I try most really hard not to be, you sarcastic, do, you do, you know, um, but cause I think, you know, players want to know how you feel and yeah. I, and I want to know how they feel. So yeah. I think, you know, that communication is so, so important. Uh, and I, and I think that our players knew how much I loved them. Mm-hmm. So I could be tough on them because I was, yeah. a, I, I, I was a tough love coach. I'll be yeah. the first one to tell you that I was pretty tough on them. Um, especially when it came into the classroom, but it was yeah. only because of how much 
I cared what that, what that report card looked like. Right. You know? And they, and they felt that too. I mean, I remember um, when I just got finished working with you guys, one time you had me come in and do something. Well, more than one time, which yeah. I totally loved. Um, and I was leaving, getting my stuff together and you were having like a team meeting and you were, you were talking to them about, about their grades and you were being firm. And that's the thing. It's, but they know that it's for, it was for a good reason. And they felt that like, like you said, you, um, brought this energy and I'm not going to lie. There was a couple of times I said, Ethan, I'm like, wow, Sue is not like that in fitness inspired. Oh my goodness. I don't think I've ever seen that side of her. <laughs> no, no, I don't think you did. Well, I was, per- I was huffing and puffing when I was with you though, Kirsten, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that I, I am a firm believer that people and especially especially at that age, people want those players, they want discipline. Mm -hmm. They may fight you, but they do. I I honestly believe intrinsically people want to do the right thing. Yeah. And they know the difference between right and wrong. Now, if they can get away with some stuff because it's not going to hurt, you know, a lot of people or, you know, they're, they're not going to go to class because they're not feeling well, or they're going to go out and have a, a part, you know, they're going to go party and have a couple yeah. drinks the night before practice. Well, if nobody finds out, you know, and it's like, I tell them, you know, I find out everything. I may not <laughs> find out the next day, but I find out everything. So, you know, just, and, and there's going to be consequences. Right. So I think if you just put everything out there and yeah, do what, did I always have a team full of angels? Oh, heavens. No. (laughs) You know, um, did I have to suspend at times? Absolutely. You know, but, but, but I will tell you this, I treated every player the same. So if you were starting and scoring 20 points and you weren't starting you weren't even playing 20 minutes. You were, you were treated the same. The expectations were the same. Right. Yeah. That's huge. I think that's so good. We are all like living in a team sport world. Like this is a team sport. I got to tell you, you know, your little talk about it takes a village. Like there's been times in my life for sure. When I had kids or like, yes, it does take a village. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And when you have a, a big vision or a big goal, it takes a village. And when you have, which I hope we all have in us that we want to improve the world around us, then it does, it does take a village and it is a team sport. So can you talk to us a little bit about owning our part in the team and in the community? Like, what does that look like? It just kind of like taking on that role of like, let me own my part. You know, Kirsten, my group that I work out with now, yeah, um, we talk about the same types of uh, issues, uh, problems, because their team, like Kim has a team. She has, you know, 15, 20 other people working uh, with her, but she's in charge and Julie's in charge of, you know, she's not a doctor, uh, has her doctorate, but she has uh, professors that all have their doctorates and she has uh, clerical help. And, you know, just so that it's the same thing, 
their teams look different than mine, but they have to make each person in their team feel what they do is important and acknowledge the importance of what they do. Um, and, and, and for both of them, they're, they're all part of the university. So what, how Kim takes her, her little piece, you know, I mean, she has to show the president how efficient her team is. Mm -hmm. So she has to own that, the importance yeah. of it. And, and again, of her, of her team, uh, the people in her, in her, with her team. And then with Julie, you know, Julie has to get grants and research and everything for the STEM program. So, you know, she owns that. So she is always constantly for self-improvement. What, you know, what types of things does she have to do? So she's improved that she can help with the people that work with her also. I don't know if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. So I heard in there about having everyone on the team realize their importance. I think their that is and their, huge, contribution. Right? And right. their contribution, right? Their, con their contribution to making their little, their program make this whole university successful. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. That's so good. So always thinking about I'm always working on growth myself, like facilitating growth and improvement. And you've said it in many different ways throughout our conversation so far, even. But I mean, I think most coaches that I've seen do focus on growth and improvement with their players. But one thing that I saw different that you did really well that not all coaches do is you know, facilitating growth and improvement on their staff. So do you have anything that comes to mind that you, like you said, that you did at the beginning and the beginning of the season and are there any things like any practices that you did to facilitate growth across all of this stuff? You know, Kirsten, while you're, while you're talking about that, you know, we would, uh, we would have a book that we would read as a team. And as a staff, uh, to you know, to help uh, um, help our team understand. I think un understand what the story was that they were going to read, and how that uh, how that was going to affect our team for the year. And I I, I suggest books a lot, different um, coaching books, uh, a ton of motivational books to yeah. read. John Gordon is one of my favorite, favorite authors. Uh, I love his energy bus. Have you read the energy bus? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I love that. So I didn't uh, know that was him. So I'm glad you said. Oh, the yeah. Oh, There's another yeah. Little one too. What is well, it? Well, he wrote, uh, he wrote, he wrote soup. I love soup. Yeah. Uh, he, he wrote the carpenter. He okay. wrote the goldfish and the shark, okay. uh, the seed, uh, but, but anyway, um, you know, so I, I will tell you this for one of my players, I gave the book the secret to mm -hmm. because she was struggling so much. So, you know, I think reading, um, you know, podcasts right now are huge. Well, duh, look what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, uh -huh. You know, yeah. I think those are really important uh, for growth. And I think that even, even right now, Kirsten, 
I have this, um, the coach's toolbox. And now this is specifically for, for basketball, but okay. it's, it's the coach's toolbox. So I don't know if that's out there for uh, what other types of websites are out there, but every day I get either a, a baseline sideline out of bounds um, and some type of offense uh, philosophy, a defense philosophy. And actually there's some things about leadership. And so I re I get those every day. And when I see something that hits me, I send it to Heather. Yeah. Or I'll send it to a, a Courtney or I'll send it to some of my former assistants. Hey, I yeah. think this might help you, you know, take a look at this play, see if you like this. Um, you know, so I think that and, and for, for us, our WBCA or women's basketball coaches association, mm -hmm. I made sure every year that everybody went Mm -hmm. And then they had all types of breakout sessions. So, you know, everybody would go to something different. And then when we all got back from the convention, then we would all sit and share all of our notes. Oh yeah. That's cool. Know, to help us as a staff. Now I, you know, I know they do that in different universities, in all businesses, oh, yeah. all oh, kinds yeah. of businesses. They do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Being in community and always getting coaching ourselves right. too. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, the day that the day that you, you stop wanting to learn your, whatever you're in, you, you know what, you might as well get out, get mm -hmm. out and do something else. You yeah. know, I just think, I think that's the one thing that, um, I really talked to my staff about was complacency mm -hmm. Because, you know, and it was really important to me to find out what exactly they wanted to do. What I always said, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. You know, what's your, what's your five-year plan? You know, yeah. you know, what do you, and when we did evaluations at the end of the year, it's like, okay, you know, this is what, this is what I thought. And I was always have them fill out the evaluation first. Okay. And then I would take it back and I would read it and I'd put in my own two cents. But then it was like, well, what more do you need? What do you, what did you like? What didn't you like? Yeah. You know, why didn't you like it? What more do you need to grow? And, and yeah. what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. And then how do we get you to do that? And I said, but you know, please don't ever grow up. I said, I've never grown up. So, right. because I just loved as you know, what I was doing. Um, right. So, and then, you know, and then that's, that's, I look at my tree that I have and the limbs that are in my tree and I, I, I love my tree. I, I love all, I, I've pretty much loved everybody that I have been able to work with. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. And, um, I've been working with a executive coach for a little bit now. And one thing that she said that stood out to me and you just said the example of this is she said, whenever you give, before you give anyone feedback, whether it be a little kid or anyone, before you can give anyone feedback, you have to know their vision because mm -hmm. it you might have no clue. And so you asking, what do you want to be when you grow up in that kind of playful, fun way right. is, is asking them their vision because you can't be a good coach and a good teammate and a good support system for them and a good leader if you don't know what their vision is for their life. That's so smart and so good. I love well, that. I just, but it, I, you know, I think if you don't do that, Kirsten, though, then that complacency sets in or, you know, well, you know, I mean, you know, I'm just here, I'm just, I'm just here doing my job. I never wanted 
any of my assistants to think they had a job. You know, it's like we get to come to work in sweats and tennis shoes. This is fun. This is yeah. playground. This is what we get to do. Now, once in a while, yeah, you have to put your lady clothes on, you know, for a game, <laughs> you know, but, you know, this was, it was always supposed to be fun. And I yeah. think sometimes, you know, when you get so, you get caught up in the W's and the L's, there's no doubt about that. And it took me a while to understand process, Kirsten, process, mm. and not get caught up in the W's and L's. And that was the first thing that I learned my very first year here at Central, because, you know, our very first game, it was an exhibition game and we barely beat Ferris, barely a division two uh -huh. school. And I right. remember walking off that court thinking, oh my God, is it going to be this hard all season? We are yeah. in big trouble. And then I, you know, and, and I, I thought about that after when I'm home and it's like, Sue, look, we just don't quite have the talent that we need, but we have to change the culture here. So yeah. getting caught getting caught up in W's and L's isn't going to help. We have to work with the mental part of this game for our players because they had been beaten so badly over and over. I mean, you know, they just were so, you know, and it, so that, that was eye-opening, but I just thank the Lord that I learned it pretty darn quick after yeah, the first yeah. game, you know, or otherwise I think I'd become a real witch. Yeah. So, so you just kind of had that awareness. It was an epiphany. Epiphany. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, it's like, um, you know what, it, you know, Kirsten, it was like, uh, you can't, uh, run the Kentucky Derby with, you know, um, donkeys. You can't, it's just not going to happen. You know, I mean, you, yeah. you need horses. Right. Uh, so you know what? So if all, if, if you just have donkeys and you know, then, you know, make the most of your donkeys mm -hmm. and, you know, just get, get your dog donkeys believing that they're just going to run as fast as they can. Yeah. And eventually, you know, the donkeys are going to, going to help the horses that you bring in. Hey, I know we're having such a great conversation with Sue, and we're, there's more of it. There's many more mic drop moments. She even talks about some advice she would give herself when she first started her career. It's just incredible. So make sure you listen to the second part next week. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Making Changes You Love to Live With Podcast. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe. It's completely free. And share this with a friend. You never know when you could just make their day. And last thing is get on our list for our hump day inspiration. And that can be found at livefitnessinspired.com. All of this is free. Have a great day. And I'll talk to you next week.